are listening to Surviving the Golden Age, the podcast. I am your host, Adam Tersiak Morgan. And on this episode, our first episode, we're going to be talking to the band Freedom Fry. Freedom Fry is a band from Los Angeles, uh, composed of Parisian-born Marie Surratt and American Bruce Driscoll. They recently released their debut album, Classic, and I got a chance to talk to them a little bit about being married, about self-releasing their album, and I think they provided some pretty valuable insight into the difference between being an independent band versus a band on a indie or major label. So without further ado, here's the interview. Um, So to prepare for the interview, I went back and kind of looked at the history of Freedom Fry and Surviving the Golden Age. And it looks like the first time we ever posted you guys was in 2012 for the song Earthquake. Yeah, that seems uh, pretty much. Yeah, that, well, that, like I think we beginning. released that in February. That was a Valentine's Day track, actually. Yeah, came out on Valentine's Day. Earthquake. Yeah. So I mean, it's been it's been a long time, and I yeah, you were you were one of the first blogs to post us. I remember because um, we uh, we were just kind of. We had just kind of started, and we were just kind of beginning to send our music around, and you were a really early supporter. Yeah, that was really nice. Yeah. So were you guys were you guys married at that point, or not yet? We're not yet. Also feeling each other out. Yeah, we're <laughs> starting the band, just starting our relationship. Yeah. Um, we got we ended up getting married in like a year, a year like and a half year later. later. Yeah. Yeah. So you can imagine I was a little bit surprised when I got the press release that you were putting out your debut album. <laughs> we were surprised too. <laughs> when when we received it in the mail, we were we were also yeah, pretty we were surprised. Like, yeah, no, yeah. That's not actually us. It's our doppelgangers who released that. No, yeah, we it just said it was like it was time. It was uh we just felt like we had the songs together and uh we'd been telling people we were putting an album out since back back in those earthquake days when we were, we were uh, sending those songs around, you know, we were saying this is a, a single from our, uh, you know, we're working yeah. on a full length. <laughs> Cause for some reason, everyone asks you the question, are you guys working on an album? It's uh, honestly comes every single time. So you don't, you're like, even though you don't know if it's coming up or not, you end up saying, yeah, yeah, yeah this isn't the works. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. So why do you think you were um, like reluctant to release one before now? Because of the way I feel like the audience is listening to music now, there are different aspects. There's this aspect, uh, like of people listening to a lot of music and songs, mainly more than albums, full-length albums, which we used to do, I guess, before. But um, there's that, and there's also the fact that we didn't really have being independent. It was kind of nice to get, get keep our freedom and release whenever we wanted and as much as we wanted or could. And that was really a fun, you know first ride I guess mm-hmm. and there's also the fact that really we ended up thinking it wasn't really the time before again so I feel like that was really meant like that was those songs were meant to be together and we thought that it was a good way to to move forward yeah <laughs> I think to add to that I think um we've always kind of thought that naively that we would put some catchy songs out you know, it's catchy, you know, we kind of tend to write uh, catchier songs and they always kind of feel more uh, like standalone songs most of the time to us because they feel uh, kind of singles because 
we tend to write songs with bigger choruses or, or just more obvious song structures. And I think we thought that at a certain point, um, a label would step in and uh, help us do an album properly. And so we were kind of naively operating under the assumption that, you know, we'll just get some labels attention and, and they'll help us with this part. And yeah, while in the meantime, uh, the music industry was more and more busy and more and more bands were creating music. So it became a little more difficult to put your music out there. Yeah, there's just it's so uh, dense now, the amount of music out there. And um, so we kept having to do stuff on our own, but it, it kind of worked out. And, and then we got to kind of like that because um, there was a freedom in it. And I guess we kind of just felt like now, now we could do it on our own. We kind of built up uh, enough of a fan base, enough enough listeners, and uh, and and the songs were just we felt like they were there. So when you started writing these songs, did you know they were for the album, or were you still in writing singles mode? We kind of knew that we wanted to do an album, but. Um, for whatever reason, when we write, it just tends to be that um, singly kind of <laughs> singly is that a word? A single kind of approach to them, and um, so I think with a lot of these songs, we were still approaching it that way. But once we we kind of heard some of them together, we definitely started to steer the production more in a way that felt cohesive for all the songs to us, and that was kind of in this folky direction that we had kind of um, I don't know, kind of found ourselves doing a couple of years back with the song the wilder mile we we kind of put our you know, dipped our toe in the water of folk music so to speak and and um it just felt good to us so we people, kind of people seem to respond we got a good response listening. and um it just we just kind of took those songs in this direction and then and then once we kind of had an album title once we wrote the song classic um we kind of used that as kind of a, that word and that whole idea. The thread, yeah. As the, as the thread to tie everything together, you know, using kind of classic production techniques and not doing anything that hopefully 10 years from now when we listen back, we'll, we'll regret. <laughs> like, oh, why did, we use, why, why did we use that keyboard? Oh, shit. What, what, you know, like, that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah, we tried to keep as earthy and as um, organic as we could because we do think that that tends to kind of... Uh, yeah stay pretty yeah it doesn't doesn't age yeah, badly it stays pretty yeah really like i don't know yeah so we we ended up doing that and many of our friends in, we invited many of our friends who play instruments to kind of tag along and yeah we just use the fact a lot of times when we're doing singles we we kick them out pretty fast there is just one big um there's a time of the year where we we're kind of like stuck in the studio for a few months and uh, we write a bunch of songs that because it kind of takes uh, a, use you use a part of your brain that's very different than when you play live. When you play live, you expose yourself. When you write, you have to be. Well, to, I expose myself. <laughs> you have to be pretty uh, like you have to be in, in touch with your inner self <laughs> and more more vulnerable. And I feel like once you start going there, the more you write, the more you, you the better you get in this kind of. So we we tend to do that all at once for the year to come or the months to come. and Yeah, but I think what I was kind of trying to say earlier was that we, we spent more time on these songs and we really thought about uh, who else could play on this or, or what could we do with this that we haven't done on some of our singles. And that's, that's a lot of the reason we, we asked a lot of guest, you know, guest stars to you know, do string arrangements on some of the songs or pedal steel or trumpet, things like that. So what about the song Classic made it the titular track for the album and 
the first single. We just had thought it had something joyful during throughout the these big nanas uh, parts, and it made us happy for some reason every time we'd listen to that. And and then we thought the lyrics were as we're, we're we both like live in LA now, and we are pretty inspired by our surroundings. We thought it was a good title track and also a good album track since we it represents a lot of what who we are and what we're inspired uh, from yeah and um it's kind of when i listen to the album it's it's i think the only place it could be is that first track because after that everything veers even more folky and classic is kind of like an odd man out but i think it's a good introduction to us as a band just because the lyrics are a little tongue-in-cheek a little ironic um i i think as If, if someone hadn't heard us before and um, they bought our album, I think that as a first track is a good introduction to us. You know, if, if they just solely heard the folk music, they wouldn't realize the whole other side of kind of the indie pop kind of stuff that we do as well. Because um, we, we do uh, dabble in <laughs> many different styles. Um, but for whatever reason, this album came out as a folky baby. You know, <laughs> it's all like our uh, 12-headed folky baby Uh, but musical this, baby, but yeah. it's true that this song does have mm, represent all the elements we usually yeah tend to exactly. Yeah, I was going to actually ask about that because you know, having kind of listened back to at least you know some of the songs that we've posted in the past, this is very folk centric. Do you feel like you've hit your stride now, and that's kind of who you are? Or do you think you'll always be experimenting with multiple genres? It's just how this particular album turned out. I think um, we'll always, to some extent, be experimenting with genres. Um, we've kind of, um, I, I don't know, I, I feel like to, to make it as a band, and this is just a, a theory I have, it's obviously not tested, but I do feel like you have to um, stick in a certain world Uh, to let people find you for a sec before you do everything that you want to do, um, at least to develop your your core fan base. I do feel like you need some of, one of an identity. Um, I mean, we really look up to people like uh, Beck. Uh, you know, uh, he's someone who's put out a lot of different genres, from folky to like, Rap. you know, to funk to whatever. Um, and that's that's someone we respect a lot and would like to have our careers be similar to in, in terms of um, just kind of doing whatever the hell we want when it comes to music, you know, just. Yeah. And at the end, you still recognize him. And that's I feel like people do if they like one of our songs, they usually like a few other ones that are, might be in a different genre anyway. Yeah. We never want to really alienate the people listening, but I feel like with, there's a signature anyway. There is a signature. And I feel like with someone like Beck, you can put songs from his folky record on a play with, playlist with songs from his, you know, funkier stuff, and it all kind of works. It wouldn't be like, oh, what's this now? You know, like, I think there's a melodic um, thing and just his vocal that kind of ties it together. And I think to some extent we have that as well. And um, I just think this folky uh, sound, it's a, it is a very uh, accessible sound, and I think it's also something that we really enjoy writing. Um, Yeah, playing playing that show we played the release the release show a few nights ago, and actually playing that show was really fun because there were all the new songs, and we ended up having all our friends around playing with us. Yeah, there's songs like... that just translate well live too. Um, 
And that that's a big help, you know, when because, you know, we've tried a lot of different setups live now from like having just a laptop um, and then from having like full band and then like ultra full band with like backup singers and all this stuff. And this is the type of music that you can just do the two of us with an acoustic guitar and it would translate just as well as with a full band. So it's kind of freeing in that way. And I find especially, you know, with this album that you both, you guys sound very Californian. And I don't like, I know that it can mean a lot of uh, different things, but you really kind of have um, that Californian folk kind of sound. I think you're sort of honing in on. Um, was that like intentional, do you think? Or is it just from having lived here now for a while? I think it's just from having this atmosphere uh, just around us, just this LA vibe. I, 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 yeah, I don't, I, I don't, like, I don't think it's intentional. We don't try for sure. We're not like. I oh, think, it's... yeah. I think if we moved to Paris, <laughs> you know, for a stretch, I think the music we would create would be very different. I really do think it just kind of bleeds in, and and you don't even notice it. But then you listen back, and you're like, oh, holy shit, this sounds really yeah, like a California band. You know, like when did we become the Mamas and the Papas? Yeah. You know, like it's gonna be our thing. excuse for traveling <laughs> in the future. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. No, but I do think you can't you can't ignore your surroundings. So I want to turn it a little bit here, but you guys mentioned how long you've been married at this point. Um, what's it like being married, but also in a band? <laughs> so I don't think it's for everyone. <laughs> I don't think everyone's capable of doing what we're doing. For some reason, we really were easygoing, both Bruce and I, and we're, we get along really well immediately. And it's been now seven years that we've been together. Yeah. And almost seven years in the band too, actually, six and a half maybe. And mm -hmm. uh, it's it's so easy for us. There's not even honestly, we both have our uh, yeah. I, we both have our ups and downs. When one is more down, the other one tends to gear the other to push the back the band back. Yeah, up. we're or each like other's therapists basically, and and we really connect doing the music. It's for us. It's just fun. I think that's really a way we got to know each other early on. And I, I'd never, uh, been in a relationship with someone who was a musician before. Um, so for, I thought that would have been a bad idea in my <laughs> life for whatever reason. So Marie was the first and she wasn't really even a professional, um, singer when nope. I first met her, she was a stylist and it's just, it just kind of organically happened. We were hanging out. She had, I was living in New York at the time and she came to visit me and, and it was kind of like, Oh, well, we're, we're hanging. What do you want to do? You want to try to write a song? And it was really just that kind of like, <laughs> we don't know each other. Yeah. What can we do together? <laughs> uh, let's just make some music. And, and it really became a way that we connected and it, it, you know, told me a lot about her, uh, likes and dislikes. And it was actually we kind of learned how to communicate really well from doing songs together. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we, I don't want to make it sound like we never have any drama in our life but it's pretty smooth sailing yeah, just because i think we're we're quite similar and we are as you said pretty laid back so how does the logistics of it work though like do you guys set aside time to songwrite or is it uh, more organic there's just like always a guitar around to pick up and start fiddling with like how does that work so we'll have like these songs that come to us throughout the year and yeah we have a piano in the house and uh, there's like a acoustic guitar always sitting there and then we just throughout the year we'll kind of amass all these voice memos of little things that we liked. Usually I'll play the guitar and I'll just wait for a reaction from her 
And if she's like, oh, that's cool, or try this, or something like that, then I'll record it. If she doesn't say anything, then I'm He's like, mad. Oh, yeah, yeah, then I'm mad, and I'm like, okay, that idea sucked, and so I'll leave it. Um, and then usually when when things kind of quiet down in November, December, we'll listen we'll, to all these memos. We'll go through them all, and then we'll kind of you know bunker down in the in the studio and try to yeah. record as many as we can. And that's those have been like some of the most satisfying writing uh, experiences I've had. Um, you know, songs like Shaky Ground and most of our songs have come out of those November, December uh, writing kind of sessions where we just push ourselves to write as many songs as we can during that time. So what makes uh, that time of year slow for you? You mean just because of the normal kind of cycle of L.A.? Yeah, yeah. the cycle of L.A., the cycle of the music industry. Like, I feel like no one's booking shows. Um, people at, you know, labels or publishers, you know, they're just they're just gone. Everybody's, and it's cold outside, it's so cold, we kind of yeah. all get in. And I mean, it's not that cold in LA, but you know, for us, it's cold. <laughs> I, I just think it's that it's that time of year where you feel like everybody's checked out, and uh, that makes it easy for us to not be distracted by anything and just really just focus. Aren't you from Michigan originally? Yes, I am from Michigan, and I cannot take the cold. I I really like. His mom is Brazilian. That's, is, that explains yeah, it. That's probably. what I, I used to say, or I sometimes say I have tropical blood. And yeah, I, I really do. I'm just like the biggest wimp when it comes to, uh, you know, cold. I just can't take snow anymore. I feel like I've like, like I've been in prison. Like I put in my time in Michigan and now I'm free and I never want to go back. <laughs> and I'm sure, you know, being from Paris, you also have had you know, plenty of winters as well, right? Well, yes, that's very true. But actually, like, I like the snow. I enjoy it once a year, you know. Yeah, once, once, one day a year. Once a year, that's one great. week a year. No, I, I do like it. I do like, uh, you know, the, the drinking some hot cocoa and watching people freeze out. And <laughs> freeze out? I like that expression. And, uh, well, like, I, I do like, I actually do like skiing. Bruce doesn't, does, he's never I've done never it, skied. actually. I, uh, someday I'll have to do that. We should make a music video of my like my first attempt at skiing. It'll just be me <laughs> rolling down a hill for like five minutes. So what is, you know, so you've just released this album. It's still uh, pretty new. Um, what is like the plan behind it? I don't, you haven't announced any like tour dates or anything. So do you plan on doing a tour of some sort? Yeah, you know, we're looking for um, options always, you know, kind of like people we could open for this and that. But in in the background, we're also trying to book a uh, tour for the fall. We back in 2015, um, some friends of mine started following us on a tour we did with Stromae. And they ba they basically documented the whole thing, which is really interesting because it was our first big tour. And um, so now the documentary is just about being uh, done being edited. So the idea is to take this documentary and tour it. So with the album, with you know. with a live show, basically make it kind of a uh, film and then live a performance, package deal. a package <laughs> deal, if you want to call it that, um, and go around to some universities in the fall and and play there. We like we like playing for younger people a lot. Um, you know, like we like college playing for colleges and and things like that. It's just you you really. There's nobody really jaded. Everybody's excited about music. It's um, so for us. That's that's kind of what we're shooting towards right now. So will you not be writing songs again until the slow times, or does songwriting just naturally happen? Songs uh, sometimes songs just appear, and um, you know those. I don't think we'll probably 
put down a new one unless we get one that we're like, oh, holy shit, this is great. We gotta, we we gotta record this one, uh, you know, ASAP or whatever. But, but um, we'll probably just keep laying low. And right now we're kind of in a in a make visual content for the album kind of mode. Like we've been working on uh, videos and and things like that, and thinking of ways to advance the album, get people to hear the album, um, get people to hear every track on the album. Um, that's always one thing that was tough for us is, and that's and, why and, we didn't want to do an album also for a long time. Cause because you know, it's like every song is your baby. And, and when it comes to an album, people probably, most people probably only hear maybe two or three if you're lucky. Um, so the, the idea behind doing more videos and things like that is to get, uh, people to listen to, mm-hmm. you know, chat tracks, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 on the album, you know, the second half. And, um, you know, obviously we're, right now we're, we're looking into doing some remixes of some of the tracks on the record. We have a few shows also during the summer, actually, that we're yeah, playing we, in San Francisco. Yeah, we have San Francisco um, show coming up. Um, there's a Chicago date that might be getting confirmed mm-hmm, this week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we're, we're always kind of putting the feelers out there and, and uh, wherever we're kind of wanted to go perform, we always explore it. Um, but yeah, right now, I guess we're kind of in that visual phase. But you both have history making music videos, right? Yeah, like we both kind of just figured it out on our own, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Like we both know Photoshop yeah. pretty well. Yeah. Um, and we're just both self-taught at that. And we taught ourselves uh, Adobe Premiere too, as far as video editing goes. And We first looked at YouTube videos, yeah, I'm I mean, not going to lie. <laughs> it was a lot of like in the early days, it was a lot of YouTube tutorials. Like uh, how, how do you do, do how do you flip this? And how do you do that? And how do you zoom in? And how do you do this? And um, But now we're, I, I think actually... I'm I mean, just. We we even have friends who hire us for their videos. Yeah, so we've I directed a few videos for friends it's now. It's just useful. like we kind of feel like a jack of all trades at this point, just because we've had to do our own artwork, our videos, and stuff like that. But then it gets to a certain point where you're so used to doing it, it's almost hard to hand over the reins at a certain point. Um, so when you do work with someone else, you you kind of feel like you're kind of hovering and you're annoying, you're like a backseat driver. And um, but, you know, sometimes it's fun to work with other people, but a lot of times we just end up saying, like, hey, screw it, let's just let's just make another video ourselves. Being a jack-of-all-trades is a strong position to be in when you're an indie band. Like, you self-released Classic, correct? Yeah, so we, we were on Polydor um, for our Shaky Ground release, and a lot of the people that were there when we got signed left. And it's, this has happened to me at publishers, at labels, it always happens. And so we got out of that deal and then we teamed up with this company, AWAL, A-W-A-L, Artists Without a Label. And um, basically they're just a digital distributor and they've released it with us, with our label, Caveman Art Society, which is what we the name that we've been releasing under since we started as a band. Um, so they, they kind of just help you get the music out there on all the platforms and and all that type of thing. But Bruce, you personally have released stuff on labels when you were with Blondfire, right? Yeah. So I now at this point in Freedom Fry and in other bands, I've been signed to Warner Brothers, um, EMI Records, and now, you know, Polydor Universal. So I, I've been signed and dropped three times. It's great. It's great. Let me tell you, it's awesome. <laughs> But what are like the bonuses, uh, like the pros and cons of, you know, um, doing an album for a label and, you know, now doing this album uh, basically for yourselves? So there's there's like this um, there's like this perception thing. And 
It's hard to quantify what the benefits of it are. Well, in a way you can, but when you're doing a, a record for a label, it, it just impresses the hell out of everybody. You know, they just treat it differently. They treat it like it's a big deal. And um, that can open a lot of doors, you know, in the press world, uh, websites that would never write about you if you're an indie band will write about you. And um, that's huge, you know, that's, that's definitely a, a plus. You know, TV exposure, things that you getting on festival bills with bands that are also on that label. It's just the benefits are just so massive. Um, but the downside to the, the major label thing is that they basically take all your streams, all your money from all those streams. And, and a lot of times, you know, they, they give all that marketing money, but you're never going to recoup. And, and that's, that's, that's hard. Um, that's why with Freedom Fry, we've been really careful uh, with the deals we've signed just because we've been living, uh, it hit a tipping point, you know, as Spotify got bigger and as they supported us more and more and put us on playlists here and there, we started realizing like, oh man, we're like, we're like actually making a little money off the band um, beyond like what we would make from licensing to a, um, a commercial or a, a TV show uh, kind of thing. And, and so started to hit a point like, wow, like if this just keeps growing, like this is a pretty good living as long as we don't increase our overhead too much. And uh, yeah, we got lucky for most for the whole time we've been doing Freedom Fry. Actually, we both of us, neither of us had to work a side yeah, job. Yeah, we haven't had to work a side job. And, and um, that's been huge, you know, for a band to be able to say that is that's why we try to really work every single day, no matter what we do to really not stay lazy, because it's easy when you work from home to to just want to binge watch some true crime documentary on Netflix or something. Yeah. But we, but, um, yeah. So the, the downside to the, the major label thing is that, yeah, you're, you probably won't recoup. Um, but on the plus side, Hey, I guess if they get you, make you big enough, you could like make a pretty good living from like, um, you know, partnering up with brands and things like that. But but also there's the fact that whoever you're going to be signed to has to stay in the company. Whoever searched for you and is happy to have signed you has to still be working there. And most of the time, these people change a lot, actually. Yeah, they move the, around. Totally. The turnover rate at labels is is really high. And uh, and I think after the, the whatever, whatever uh, team inherits you, uh, they're gonna, most of them are going to sit until you make someone of yourself and basically not really push or help yeah like i i've been in a label situation before where um the record was done and you know we got great press and then what they said they, they weren't putting out the record and um we went to them and said you know what's going on can we put the album out and they were like their response was we're waiting for something to happen and for me that was extremely frustrating because it's like that can what you know like what are you waiting <laughs> to have happen you know they like make it happen like yeah I, I really feel like now it's it's kind of uh, a lot of the technique is it's a gamble you know sign a lot of bands let's see which one sticks if this one doesn't work move on and that's not a loyalty thing and as we're pretty pretty loyal with everyone on our team from our manager to musicians we play with um it's really important that loyalty uh, to have some kind of loyalty to um, and people, people around you, can you trust, yeah. people you can trust, and so the idea that you can be indie and 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 not give up the money you're making from streams or downloads or all that stuff, it's just for me, it's a, a win-win, and you can just you just know that however hard you work, you're going to be the one benefiting at the end. Yeah, that's I mean that's awesome, and the fact that you guys don't have to work side jobs is um, 
pretty incredible, honestly. Yeah, no, we, we feel really, really fortunate. And, um, you know, we, a, a big part of our um, mantra is to never really say no uh, to whether it be an opportunity, yeah. like say like our publisher will send us an email like, hey, this TV show is looking for covers of Smashing Pumpkins or this or that, like, our go-to response is always yes, even and if we're... And as fast as we can. <laughs> yeah. Even if we're dead tired and, and we have like two hours to do it, we just do it because you never know. And sometimes those are the things that change everything. So we, we really just try never to say no to opportunities. Thank you so much to Marie and Bruce for stopping by. You can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Freedom Fry Music, all one word. And just to kind of close out uh, the first episode here, thank you so much for listening, everybody. And uh, please subscribe to us on iTunes. I will be trying to do this podcast uh, probably about twice a month, but sometimes it might be every week. So just keep an eye out for that. Uh, I will also, of course, post about it on our website, which is survivingthegoldenage.com. And you can find us on Twitter or Instagram at STGA blog. And you can find us on Facebook at Surviving the Golden Age.